Hello there, nerds, and welcome to Go To There, a 30 Rock podcast, a weekly chronological journey through 30 Rock where you give the jokes, the references, the highs, the lows, and all of the blurbs that come with one of the best shows of the 21st century. As always, I'm your host, Curtis Stone, and joining me is... David Amick. Welcome to episode 59, season 4, episode 1, entitled Season 4, originally airing October 15th, 2009. David, if you would please give us a quick summary slash synopsis of this episode. The economy's hitting Shineheart, Universal, etc. hard, and there's not enough money to pay the pages overtime anymore, but Kenneth isn't having it and leads the pages on a strike. Meanwhile, Jack has demanded that the TGS hires a new cast member, but Liz and Pete... Huh? You said demanded. That's not a word. Has demanded that TGS hires a new cast member, and Liz and Pete have to find someone in secret so as not to scare the writers and actors. Tracy discovers that he's out of touch with the common person and goes in search of real Americans. I guess real America is really the theme that runs through this episode. Yeah, and through the most, uh, most, the first few episodes of this season will be Jack learning what real America is because Liz says it's not really a thing. There's not a real thing that people, it's not a real definition of anything. Obviously, it's a big talking point for uh, nearly every election. There's always the we got to get back in touch with the real Americans. And it's like, what? that doesn't mean anything. All those Midwesterners. All, exactly, real exactly. That's exactly what obviously they're referring to. But um, no, I like this is uh, this is continuing. Um, uh, well, it's continuing the show, but it's continuing literally nothing from the end of last season. So it's obvious, but it's obviously it's it's I guess this is one of those art imitates life ideas of their it's focusing on the writer strike that was a couple years before. So that's clearly what the page strike is sort of cribbing off of. Um, but yeah, like it, it just struck me that, yeah, this isn't continuing anything directly from the last episode. So it's just, it's, it's clear they had a story they wanted to tell in t- about the whole writer strike, but it's weird that this was all the opener that doesn't continue anything from the end of last season. Whereas the last season openers have continued directly from the series or the series the season finale before it so this one just felt like we had a good idea and we want to talk about the writer strike so this is our episode to do it speaking of writer strikes there may be another one in april stay (gasps) tuned well that's a bummer if true but as selfish as this is that kind of be a blessing because i've got so many shows that i want to watch and if they could all be a hold for like five, Don't you want people to make a living? I do want people to make a living, but if they could just put on hold for like five months and let me try and catch up, that'd be great too. Well, I mean, that is the start of the summer season, so you'd have a few months anyway. That's true. But. Well, but it would still delay them from writing for this fall season. Right. So, I mean, it's not like they take summers off. They still are writing. They have writing yeah. retreats and it, things. Yes, it depends. Unless you're a summer show, then you're probably screwed. Well, yes, you, yes, but you. Yeah. Anyway. Do you think that that would affect stuff like Netflix, or do you think they have different rules? No, I mean it's it, the Writers Guild covers everything. Uh, I mean a large swath of of yeah TV show output, so it would definitely affect everywhere. I mean I who know, I mean I guess it wouldn't surprise me if Netflix has more in the can than oh yeah a network or a cable channel, but it, it would definitely hit them at some point if it depending I guess yeah original content they yeah. probably have a lot of licensed stuff that they yeah. quote that's is true original that they could just pump out but that's true they would probably um, they would probably rank their international output if that happened for, yeah. for a period of time yeah we'll have to see it's I think it's the end of April so there's still a couple months of where it could be negotiated out but the fact that I've heard references to it like a couple times the past couple weeks means that it must be not they must be further from a deal than yeah. they would like is it similar so. is it like pay and because the last one was mostly well mostly pay but also like streaming rights and uh ip like intellectual property things like that was is this similar is like pay and distribution of wealth or i have to be honest i don't know all the details like right like mm-hmm. last time it was it was streaming rights and all that stuff this time i mean that's probably part of it obviously digital is becoming more and more important but i i don't i, I haven't I'm not filled enough on all the details to know what the main. Well, we'll keep are. our eyes and ears out for more. Hopefully, not another strike. But if it is a strike, hopefully they get what they need and they want. So, Ray, yay! Our thoughts on the episode that we just watched. I thought it was pretty good. Um, I don't know. Like, I feel like season 
premiere season premieres like often have to do the heavy lifting of of catching up with storylines and it wasn't terrible there wasn't a lot of like terrible exposition but it but um and i mean you know it was there they were fine jokes but it wasn't a huge standout for me i would say yeah and they they lean into the joke of all right this is our fourth season we're coming back like we're not going to give you a big setup of what everything is like yeah. there is no gross exposition of well you remember tracy who joined our show three yeah. years ago oh, blah, blah, God, blah. That, would be that would just be the worst horrible like, they they really hit it on the the head right at the start where it's first person jack speaking into the camera saying welcome to season four like really hitting yeah. it on the head of what that and is. the symmetry i guess he starts and ends the episode by speaking directly to the oh you're right, yeah, you're right. Yeah. although at the end it really is directly to the tv audience and not not a yeah. uh not a not a gag yeah yeah yeah. Ah, any other thoughts before we hop in? Let's hop into All season right. four. Let's go on strike. Cheesy blastos. Meat cat. <laughs> Thanks, meat cat. Hello, everyone. I'm so happy to see all of you and to welcome you to season four, which is, of course, the name of this restaurant, the number one Asian fusion restaurant in New York, where we will be eating the number one selling food in the rest of America. What is this? All right, cheesy blasters. You take a hot dog, stuff it with some jack cheese, fold it in a pizza. You got cheesy blasters. And then all the kids say, thanks, Meat Cat. And then Meat Cat flies away on his um skateboard. I can't eat this. I'm a foodie. These cheesy blasters are here to teach us a lesson. The economy is struggling, and your parent company is struggling with it. Why? Because we've lost touch with the heartland consumers, with the real America. Okay, that's a nonsense term. All of America is America. Like it or not, you are all part of the elite. When was the last time any of you worked for the minimum wage? Well, before I made it as a stand-up, I was a bucket drummer in the subway. That's not a real job. Oh, yeah? How come I got sued for sexual harassment, Addie? Tracy, you may come from humble beginnings, but you've been rich for a long time. I think it's affecting your act. You know how in safe bars people be eating their lobster like this? Don't look at me in the eyes. That's one of my favorite. <laughs> Facial expressions are hilarious. Yeah. yeah, that's one of my favorite jokes of this episode and really of 30 Rock of all time just because like, it really is just so... I don't know, like, you think, like, the whole aging comedian nowadays, like, their shtick is, oh, everyone's so sensitive to everything, PC culture, and uh, was it triggered? It's just become the, basically, that's how you get a Netflix special now, and it's just, like, the out-of-touch comedian still trying to appeal to the common man. There's very few comedians that really can do it well nowadays. I mean, John Mulaney's, I feel like he's at that peak where, he can still do it, but it still is like, dude, you're, you're, you're set. Like, it's it's he, his stories are, are good enough that they can appeal to most people. But he's getting to a point where, eh, maybe, maybe, maybe not. But I'm trying to think like like Patton Oswalt. Like, it's kind of hard for him to appeal to the common man anymore. Because I mean, he's still like a regular Joe Schmo, but I mean, he's he's set for life. Like, it's it's after like ten years in the comedy business, if you have like your own show or you have movie deals things like that not to say like you're a sellout but like there's there's a different appeal to to uh to watching someone like that versus you know an up and struggling an up and coming kind of struggling comedian that's my take anyway that sounds pretty logical once once you're rich you're you're not in in touch with yeah average people anymore yeah i mean you always take everything that comedians are saying with a grain of salt anyway, because you know they're exaggerating for story effect, but it still is like, at some point, there's just like, I don't know, once they uh, once they started talking about like, yeah, you know, I was writing this script for this movie and blah, 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 and it's just like, well, I can't really relate to that, so. You've never written a script for a movie? Not for what a movie. What are you doing with your I life? Mean, I, the best I can do is a podcast. I don't know what. Well, what you do better. All right, <laughs> I'll do my best. Have I lost touch with my roots? I better talk to Rabbi Shmuley about this. Jack, if it would help the show, I would be willing to go country. Really? 
Go country? What does that mean? It's a totally legitimate career move, Liz. The best way for a lady to get heat in this industry is to either record a country album or have a lesbian relationship. Uh, we'll start with going country. To TGS, we'll trick those race car loving wide loads into watching your lefty homoerotic propaganda hour yet. <laughs> well, you just don't like anybody, do you? So Cheesy Blasters is not a real thing, obviously. As far as I can tell, it basically just looks like a Hot Pocket with a hot dog in it. Gross. Which, hey man, I don't judge. But I also like that they give them chopsticks to eat that with, which seems like... Makes it classy. Seems near impossible. Anything is classy when you're eating with chopsticks. That's true. When you're eating anything with with not a fork and knife, it's immediate class. But there are, thankfully, recipes out there if you want to make a Cheesy Blasters of your own. I have zero desire for that. So, that sounds like something you would eat, actually. It does. You would think so, but I'm too lazy. Well, good for you. Do it, so yes, haha. Take that, cheesy blasters and meat cat. Um, yeah. Also, I was trying to think of people who have quote unquote gone country, mm-hmm. and I was like, sometimes you'll have musicians who mm-hmm. are more pop or start rocky or something, and they'll do a country album. But like, I don't know. Do you really have? female like other celebrities that do a country album not necessarily do country album but probably start appearing in more family-centric kind of movies like uh lacey chabert really dug into like hallmark movies and dean kane like like all of those like hallmark slash christian movies that's what i that's what i think the go country is is obviously a lot of the or the stereotypes of the midwest is a lot of the you know old mentalities and old uh, what's the word i'm looking for sensibilities things like that like we go to church every sunday and we do this and blah 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 so i think like going country doesn't explicitly mean music i think it means just your general genre that you appeal to is that makes sense the southern comfort i guess i'd say the biggest gone country is in recent times is gwen stefani she's managed to somehow she managed to pivot from no um, doubt to very well i guess i mean that's quote unquote. I don't know. Like, who's I mean, the guy she Blake Shelton. Yeah. Well, he was country guy, right? Yeah. So that makes sense. But I mean, but it's like, I mean, at one time, right. I mean, her image was like, oh, very, very pop. Very. Well, she did the oh. No Doubt. She did the ska yeah. thing, and then with Sean Solo, she did like, and even yeah, that was like not I don't I don't think it was hip hop, but also like she kind of borrowed a lot of yes. Asian. Cult- her genre was cultural appropriation. Yeah. And um, now she's pivoted to very. Wholesome, right? Americana. Well, yeah, because I mean, she's on. Is she on the Voice or the other one? The Voice, yeah, yeah. I think that's how she and Blake Shelton met. I want to say. Mm-hmm. Poor Gavin Rossdale. I know. He tried so hard. Oh well. Yeah. Not all relationships. Well, I, can last. but on the other hand, you had Taylor Swift, who didn't explicitly she start did the country, but she was. She went. She, she was a pop sellout. Yeah. It obviously worked better for her to go that route but um yeah i don't know I, I i was trying to think of that but i don't follow country music enough to really have much knowledge in the genre of anyone well i guess darius rucker from hootie and the blowfish that's true technically hootie. was yeah. what would you consider hootie pop hootie and blowfish oh yeah pop pop and yeah. then he went solo in pop country rock. so yeah um I'm sure there's... But none of them got to record a Sunday tennis night no, theme, so no, that sucks for but them. I, th- I also like the the irony that it's all, like it's this American theme of, of trying to, yeah, come on down. And like one of the lines I think is like, put down your math, put down your meth and put your whites on. It's, it's tennis time or something like that. And it's like, oh, fuck. But it's also like then the names that they say for like the games are like these Eastern European names. And it's like... Yeah. I think, well, that's that's really funny because uh, I mean America I mean I guess tennis is big in America but it's predominantly rich white areas but it's bigger in you know Europe so yeah. the irony of that is really funny too yeah yeah and I mean it's not obviously it's a joke but it's not a huge leap from what I think the Sunday night football theme already is. Well, I mean, it's obviously playing off. Well, uh, right, I know, I know what I'm saying, but I'm, but I'm yeah. saying, like, well, right, was he Monday Night Football? I don't know. They have Monday Night Football theme, Sunday Night Football theme. I don't know. They all, anyway, the point is, well, like, well, I mean, specifically, like, Carrie Underwood sang the NBC Sunday Night Football theme, and it was... Isn't it Thursday football now? 
Uh, well, okay. So NBC has Monday Night Football. There, obviously, ESPN is Monday Night Football. Yes, there is Thursday Night Football now, but that might be NFL Network. I'm not really sure. Yeah. We're, we're sports people. We know the... No, we're not. I don't know. I, I, I really don't know. I know, obviously, it's cribbing off the Hanks William Hank. No, Faith Hill, I think, is the one that... And, right, and Carrie Underwood. Like a, the NBC Sunday Night Football theme. Do they both do it, or one did it first? Maybe Faith did it first, and now Carrie Underwood. I mean, Carrie Underwood, if she did, if she doesn't, if she doesn't still do it, she did do it for a long time. Okay. I mean, I feel like that's what it's. Yeah. Well, Faith. I mean, Faith Hill is another blonde country woman, so it could. Yeah, be, but she's always been. Yeah. Country. Yeah. Yeah. Was, yeah. Is Carrie anyway. Underwood was always country? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. That was her stick. All was the way back going, to American Idol. One, who's the one that did Jesus Take the Wheel? Was that was that? Carrie Underwood. Yeah. And then she also the one that has the beat up the car. Before he cheats. Yes. Yeah. Ugh, terrible. Song. So those. I mean, those were two of her earliest singles. That's that. Mm-hmm. That was a long time ago. Is she a voice coach or something? I don't think so. I wouldn't be surprised if she was. Uh, she may, I mean, it's entirely possible she's she was like a guest person? judge. Well, she won American Idol, but I don't. But. I mean, I'm sure she's, she's come back to do guest spots here and there. But I don't know if she's ever been like an actual judge or anything like that. You go, girl. I mean, honestly, she's probably too busy with her. Well, I don't know. The voice people, like, I guess people on The Voice sometimes have in between current careers. And yeah. So recording new stuff. But anyway, anyway, so we come back to uh, from the cold open rather, and we get some other news that Jack was holding out on for Liz. <laughs> Uh, Lemon, how soon can you start the talent search? What talent search? The TGS needs to find someone who can appeal to a broader audience. Those two do not test well outside the cities. Ah, he's burning money again. What about Josh? Right, Josh. I forgot about that guy. You think that's a good sign? Jeff, please, don't make me look for a new cast member. You make these pronouncements on a whim, and then I... Lemon, this is a financial necessity. Every division of the company is reaching out to the middle of the country. Our new mammogram machine is called the Getter Done 2000. That's another great joke, too. Larry Cable Guy's uh, whole catchphrase was over by this time, but I guess it still plays well in the Midwest. And somehow the 2000 moniker somehow still played well almost into 2010 because it's just like yeah that was played out as soon as 1999 hit the 2000 moniker was done and 10 years later you're still trying it uh, yeah this is interesting this is i mean back in 2009 with the whole tea party rise but i wonder how what 30 rock would make of it now when the whole like quote-unquote real i mean that's basically been the brand of politics especially for the last couple of years like getting back to the base and yeah. bringing back things how they used to yada yada well I feel like that's always been a talking point. right it is but I mean but especially it's but it's, it hasn't I mean it's been more prominence than ever the past couple of years yeah I mean yes like you're, I mean this was exactly the start of the rise of the Tea Party and that whole thing but I mean even then obviously Obama was president for two terms so even though they had I mean they obviously they gained legislative power and other things it, I mean it, it it's become more of a dominant force, I think, the last couple of years. I mean, after the after the twenty sixteen election, like that's when networks really really went on. Oh, we have to appeal to midwestern audiences. Mm-hmm. I mean, that that was the reason, you know, like the Roseanne and that slash the Connors reboot. About, mm-hmm. I mean, and that's probably the most prominent. But a bunch of things were, exact. You know, TV executives. I remember a lot of interviews about how they were, you know, re- trying to reach out more to middle America. And blah, I guess blah, Young blah. Sheldon is an example of that too, because that seems. Like Big Bang Theory is all city, cityscapes and urban, mm-hmm. whereas the the prequel is all right. suburban, yeah. like uh, residential stuff. So yeah, but anyway, I, I'm just curious how they would, how I mean, I could see them being even more vicious about it in the 2020 context than even in 2009. Yeah, I agree. So while Pete and Liz start making plans to tour some top comedy clubs and just try and find a new cast member uh, without telling anyone else. Uh, Kenneth heads up to Jack's office and has to sign away his name to a lie. Thank you, Kenneth. Sir, I have a problem with my time card. So naturally you came to me because this company is just the two of us. 
I received a memo saying that pages are no longer allowed to work more than 16 hours a day. Uh, yes, Kenneth, thanks to Comrade Obama's recession, we've had to cut overtime for pages. Oh, it's not the money, sir. It's just that I always work more than 16 hours, so I would be signing my name to a lie. The Parcel name is synonymous with honesty. As the Hill people say, Parcel gon' say they'll go up to saw say. We've all had to make sacrifices, Kenneth. I had to downsize the payroll department to one guy and an envelope stuffing machine. Today's my birthday. You can hand in an accurate time card as soon as we can pay for it, but trust me, we literally have no extra money. So do your part. Sign your time card. They don't seem to be toned down. I should say, this episode does do really good subtle satirization of the fact that you have someone who's talking about, we got to get back to the roots of real America while, you know, and get away from the elites while, wherein he is the elite who is, you know, basically puffing himself up and making sure he gets paid at the expense of, quote unquote, real Americans right. getting paid. Yeah, yeah, I mean, obviously. Which obviously, I mean, that's a running theme throughout the series, obviously, but it's, it's yeah. more prominent in this episode than others because... Doesn't he, really hammer he, that detail. Yeah, I mean, he wouldn't even, you know, he doesn't even, uh, as we get to in a little bit, like, he wouldn't even dream of handing over any part of his bonus to pay for anyone at the same time where it's like, oh, we got to appeal to the average whatever people. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, obviously, yeah, like you said, the, the satire, the irony of everything is is just, it's right there in your face. It's hard not to see it. Yeah. Um, but it's also like, and I know that a big company like this has different trickle-down of, where money goes and where it's coming from but the the fact that they're cutting overtime for pages and yet still have money to hire a, a new person is like which i mean it's one person versus let's say probably there's 12 pages seemingly that it's like if you're so strapped for money how are you have how do you have funds to hire someone else just to hopefully think that this idea well, of appealing to the midwest will pay off and a year and so you're going to pay this person's salary for at least a year to hope that it pays off and then if it doesn't you have to find a new plan and it's just well like, right because that's the thing it's a major corporation of course even in even in more cash tax time it still has tons of money but it's choosing to allocate its resources to executives and right. high-end talent as opposed to the people the lowly, exactly yeah lowly workers yeah well i mean it's like that it's like i mean it's time that they're just i mean really using it as an excuse to not have to pay the basic yeah the basics for yeah. your employees jesus so tracy is uh, upset with grizzin.com for what he feels is sheltering him and he tries to connect with the common man i blame you and com you two have built a protective shell around me like a hermit crab or mermaid booby and now i've lost such with the common man <laughs> who's that this is Raleigh, the custodian. You said you wanted an ordinary person to reconnect with. Oh, hey, guy, come on in. So, Raleigh, where are you from? Brooklyn. Right on, my brother. My dear friend Moby opened up a tea house in Park Slope. Does he know you? Hey, Raleigh, you ever lose your remote control? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And then your wife start getting all mad because the roof won't close and the bed that's in the shape of your face is getting rained on. <laughs> I like you, Raleigh. Can I feel the rough skin on your hands? Sorry about that. What do you mean that was weird? You sheltered me too much. I'm going out on the street and I don't want nobody to follow me. Nobody! Oh, which one is the elevator I'm not afraid of? Right! They do some other fun uh, camera tricks or directing where Tracy leaves his room and enters the shot and then he walks out of the shot and then the camera pulls back to, to then focus on Kenneth who just sort of in one clean shot is now opening up his paycheck. And he realizes he now has Jack's paycheck and it's a bone well we learn it's a bonus check and it has so many zeros and it's even so big it has to fold open even more to show all the money that's included in it 
Um, but it's, it's just it's a small little direction, but uh, it's a nice touch because they've done that again in like one of the earlier seasons. They did that where uh, a scene would end and then it would just merge into another that would continue, and and it usually involves Tracy. He would typically just be walking out of the scene while another scene is starting up. So it's just a nice little fun detail. So Kenneth confronts Jack outside the elevators regarding his check. Good morning, Mr. Donaghy. I would like to speak to you on behalf of all the NBC pages. I'll give you a New York minute. That's seven seconds. Well, sir, we pages and I feel that me and they are not being treated fairly as regards paychecking. I'm nervous. We demand that you give us back our overtime. We went over this yesterday, Kenneth. There's no money. Sir, I accidentally saw your paycheck. Well, I hope it was inspirational. All those zeros. That's downright un-American. That's where you're wrong, Kenneth. It's extremely American. My talents are more valuable than yours, so I'm paid accordingly, therefore I'm entitled to my bonus. That's a bonus check? You said there was no extra money. Bonus means extra. I know that from game shows. You lied to me. I didn't lie, Kenneth. I massaged the truth. What do you need to move past this? Well, sir, you made a liar out of me by making me sign that time card. I would like you to sign your name to a piece of paper that says, I'm a big old liar. I'm not doing that. Well, then we pages have no choice but to go on strike. I like you, Kenneth, but you do not want to mess with me right now. I am in the middle of a raging period of economic turmoil. Too late, sir. Page strike. I will wait. How do I get out of this building? Poor Tracy. He's been stuck in the same building for, I won't say 12 hours, but a really long time. I mean, elevators are so confusing. Yeah, and hopefully that's Sometimes they go up, sometimes they go down. Who knows what you're going to get? Hopefully that's not the one that he's afraid of. Uh Uh-oh. Seemingly, as we've lost lost touch with the common man, Tracy... Seeks out the world, and I feel like this whole scene is just Abby, like him just probably, yeah. Like they they told all these extras, like, hey, just be on scene and just react, don't do anything crazy. I don't feel a little human being. Would you like to ask me what time it is? Are you a large child or a small adult? You look regular. Can I guess your name? Is it Pedro? Is it Craigford? Is it swimming? Are you a pre-op trans centaur? Excuse me, do you have change for a $10,000 bill? I would like some chicken nuggets, a beer, and some of my wife's rice to stay. Excuse me, sir? Do you want to hold hands with a black millionaire? Does anyone want to be my friend? I'm normal! You want some fun, random IMDb trivia? Of course. Trivia? This is a fun fact on this episode. Steve Buscemi is called the chameleon in this episode. Also, he played a chameleon in Monsters, Inc. Wow. What a coincidence. What a fun reference. I don't know. That's not trivia. I mean, it is, but it's not relevant trivia. I don't like IMDb trivia. Then why do you keep quoting it? Because it's funny because it's often bad. Anyway, well, maybe Steve you should come with your own IMDb trivia and put it up there so they can be better trivia. Anyway, Steve Buscemi's back and he's fantastic. Glenn, this page strike is an embarrassment to the company. I get it. It's like I tell my assistant, your weight is a reflection on me. I can't have that apple-cheeked goon outside screaming about my bonus. What are my options? Let me ask you a question, Mr. Donaghy. How do you kill a snake? Cut off the head. Of course. Thank you. Now I won't be afraid to go into my garage. Now, here's how we play this page thing. I go undercover, infiltrate the union. Take this parcel guy down from the inside. Very well. And you have undercover experience? They used to call me the chameleon. Because of my slender frame and my big wet eyes. Have you ever had run-ins with the snakes? I got a snake story. Uh, I don't, not really. No. Uh, I mean, aren't you special? I mean, like walking, I've seen a snake in the path, but I avoided it. That's about as no snakes in your homes or anything. No, oh no, no, no. So, 
Uh, I think I've told you this story before. I don't know, maybe not. I know I haven't told it on here though, because I've never had a reason to. But so this is, God, this was a long time ago. But um, we uh, were all sitting at home, and my mom and dad had just got home from work, and they were going out to grab something to eat. And so my mom just wanted to change real quick, and she goes into the bedroom, and she comes out screaming. She's like, "Oh my God, I saw a snake! I saw a snake!" And we're like, "What? Oh my God!" So like, we're trying to find whatever she's looking for. None of us see it. Like, we searched like 30 minutes trying to find something. We don't see anything. We're like, ah. she probably just saw, because like lights were down. She probably just saw a cord, whatever. We didn't see anything. So she's just, just mis- mis- mistake. She just mistook something. So then we all go out to eat. And then I come back before them because they went somewhere else. And then uh, the way at the time, the way my TV was set up, I had like my VCR, my DVD, and then I had my video game stuff. And you can only have one plug. This is dated how tvs are now tvs have like seven hookups now that back then you had like one hookup and you had to change anything you had to unplug one and plug a new one in so i'm doing that and then right where i stick my hand there's this little black snake like sitting right next to everything like blending in with all the other cords that are back there and i'm like ah so i jump back and i like immediately get on the phone i'm like hey i found it uh it's in my room and in the midst of that of me like uh <laughs> so I, I closed the door. Um, I put um, a bunch of like towels and things under the, the door so it couldn't get out. So I knew where it was. Um, in the time of all of that, I'm like there was a window in my room from outside, and I'm looking in. I'm seeing it just like move around the room, and it ends up in this little back corner behind my dresser. So then everybody gets home, and we're all like, my dad is terrified of snakes. He hates snakes. They're one of the biggest fears he has. So we corner it and we're trying to like, we're trying to get it out and just like push it into a trash can and then we can just like dump it outside, which force, like in hindsight, it's just gonna come back inside. That's what it's gonna do if you don't kill it. And I don't wanna kill it, um, but uh, so the way we try to get into the trash can, my dad is on the other side of the door completely alone with a trash can, um, which is like probably a foot wide, two feet wide. And then and the hallway is six feet wide. So the, the snake's got four feet to wiggle around and get away. And so he's just standing out there with a trash can trying to catch the snake. And we're like, it's it's made its way to like get under the door. And so we're trying to push it out so it goes into the trash can, but it's getting called with towels and everything. So it's not making a smooth. And then a friend that was with us just decides to snip it, like just cut it right in half. And obviously because a snake is nothing but muscles, it still has movement after you cut it in half. So it's like the other half of the door, the snake's head is still just like moving and the body is still moving. So we just scooped it up and dumped it in the trash can and threw it outside and never used that trash can again. But yeah, I don't like snakes. Yeah, I don't, the snakes are- are, A poor snake. No, yeah, I mean, I, I do, because it, it wasn't, I don't think it was a dangerous snake. It was probably just like, lives off rodents and things like that. Well, like black snakes are fine, right? It's the yeah, green snakes that are... Yeah, black dangerous. snakes are fine. So, I mean, it was just, just wrong place, wrong time for that poor little thing. But, yeah, it was... And then, two weeks later, uh, I'm sitting in my room, and everyone's, everyone's gone again. And I, I remember I just cleaned up my room, so I had like uh, trash bags and stuff that I was getting ready to just like take out. I was like, I'm just gonna take a little break. And I'm just sitting there chilling and then the snake regenerated no. two snakes. <laughs> oh God. Huh, that would have been awful. Um, but no, this other snake just comes sneaking right in through those two bags and I was just like, what the fuck? So I was like, hey, called my parents again, like, hey, there's another one. Uh, and this one was a little bit bigger and it was like a, I feel like it was like a gray and black snake, which I don't know what that is. I don't assume it was bad either. Um, but that one, I don't think we did anything with. I think that one we were able to get out and let it run free again. But then, then we shortly moved after that, so we weren't there very much longer uh, after those incidences. But yeah, that was. I don't. I don't really have fears, but snakes and I. I. I, I prefer them from afar. Like there's something interesting about them in terms of just what they are and scientifically or whatever like there are these basic just giant muscles that can 
do whatever, but like I don't want them near me. I remember in school they would bring like a boa. Did they ever bring like they bring like boa constrictors like one day or something? I don't think they never so. did that. Well, they did that at my schools like oh. several times. <laughs> Steve Irwin. No, school? but it was some. It was just someone from the zoo. Oh. Uh, well, maybe it's because they were in, near the North Carolina oh. Zoo, so it made sense. But makes sense. You know, they just they would bring snakes and boa constrictors and stuff, and I remember just sitting it out. I was like, no, I don't want to do that. They were like, it's not slimy. It's not gross. It just looks gross. I was like, I don't want anything to do with it. I just, no, thank you. Huh. Yeah. <laughs> I don't like snakes. Huh. Well, if you ever encounter another one, now you know what to do. Cut it off at the Well, head. I've already done that. Mission accomplished. I don't need to do it again. I don't know. I'd probably just leave it alone. <laughs> just hope that it goes away. Now, well, thankfully, it was an area where well, I mean, we're around the areas that they could be in, but yeah, how many often times do you see snakes downtown? Oh, I haven't seen them. Yeah. So anyway, uh, Pete and Liz are still trying to hide their big secret from the writer's room, but it eventually comes out. Has anybody seen my wallet? It's L.L. Bean Child's wallet from the 1970s. There's no money in it, but I was one whole punch away from a free tasty delight. Damn it! Liz, maybe you left your wallet in a friend's car last night. Maybe. And maybe I will run into that friend again tonight, and then I will get it back from her. Yes, she will give it back to you when he goes home and gets it from her wife. What's up with you two? You've been acting weird all week. <sighs> weird? You left together last night, and then later I saw you in front of a comedy club. Oh, Uterus. Oh, boy. oh. Are you guys doing it? Yes, yes, we are doing it. No. No. So, there you go, case closed. Pete and I are intercoursing each other. I like how most people are grossed out, but Sari looked intrigued. Yeah, she's like, ooh, give me the details. But I also like that they're happier committing an affair than telling the writers that there's well, a right. character. There are egos at stake. Yeah, like, uh, yeah. But even still, like aside from Josh, there's no one in there that that is an actor. So they could. St- I mean, obviously, yeah. it's best to keep it right between. I mean, few people. I'm sure there are a few like, secrets between the writers' room and what anyone yeah, else there in there and the actors' true. crew. Otherwise, yeah. No, but Pete and Liz's uh, short affair is over all too soon. Hi, honey, Liz. I found your wallet in what our children call the big wed car. No, Paula, no, let me get through this. If this is what Pete needs, I would be willing to welcome you into our lovemaking. No, it's no, Pete, I know that I haven't been very sexual since my mother died. No, stop, Paula, stop. Okay, no, look, we... Pete and I have been sneaking around because Jack is making us look for a new cast member. No, I hate him. I hate Yeah, but you can't tell any of the actors. Do you not see me? Oh, dang it. I keep forgetting about you. You know what? I've had it with this place. I don't need this show because I can get a job tomorrow in the Air Force. I quit. Ah! Somebody help him out for God's sake. You've got to use your lower back. Okay. Incorrect. Lift with your legs. They do a really good job of hiding Josh that entire scene. Yeah. There's so many camera cuts, but you never once see him in there. Surprise! Because everyone forgets about him. Yeah, that's a really good attention to detail. But yeah, this is. (sighs) Is it his last episode until? Uh, it's. It's the last episode we see him until they start auditioning for cast members in a couple of episodes. Oh. And then after that, yeah, he's... Does he come back in the finale? Does he come back for the I finale? I don't know. I don't Actually. think he does. Oh, no. I, don't, I really don't think... I think this That's really sad. is the last time we see him next to the talent show. Oh, well, we'll just have to keep our eyes peeled, won't we? So the page strike has grown and now includes Mall Santas, Horse Rips Whisperers... <laughs> and bucket drummers and even though lynn is still trying to take it down from the inside uh tracy has now joined the uh, strike because he's now part of the bucket drummers and now there's some bad news to jenna okay 
Okay, I have to tell her that Josh quit without her getting wind of the new cast member part. Well, do it now if she's drunk on attention. Or in an hour when she's just drunk. <laughs> Cut. Good. Let's take five. You look pretty. Did you hear what happened? I am so upset. Oh, no. Okay, let me explain. I came in here to shoot these tennis promos, and they had blue gels on the lights. You know that makes my teeth look see-through. You weren't here to do your job, Liz. Okay, well, Josh quit. Who? Jack's counting on country Jenna to save the show, but I just want to understand what it is that's distracting you from the one thing you've been told to do. Really? You want to know what I've been doing? Yes, Liz, enlighten me. Jack is hiring a new cast member. It favorite jokes of this episode too is that is a good one that that's their reaction <laughs> so that's the one thing that's like no they're fine with anything else as long as it's not a we have enough blonde women in comedy we don't need that's anymore true. we don't need replacing anymore. the real stars the real brunettes and the other blonde ladies <laughs> and the dirty blondes they need jobs too mm-hmm. so the page strike continues to grow and lynn just can't seem to do anything even with his blonde nympho co-ed of Charlene Maru. So he seeks out Kenneth uh, with one final not offer, but I guess ultimatum. The page strike's still on and the system should oh, yeah. well, so that would yeah. be an ultimatum. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, I'm smart. May I come in, Kenneth? Of course, sir. Would you like something to eat? I have some leftover turtle meat from dinner. Or as you would call it, bonus turtle meat. I'll just make myself a drink if you don't mind. Where's the bar? Well, there's a bar in the shower that the previous tenant installed to keep from slipping. He still died in there, though. We're not so different. You and I, those glasses are for display only. We both grew up poor. We both put work above all else. And yet... When people look at you, they see who they want to be. When they look at me, they see who they are. Sir, you sound like the mall Santas when they come back from lunch. You win, Kenneth. You have the moral high ground. I can't change that. But I can destroy you. If the pages are not back at work tomorrow morning, I am shutting down the page program forever. You wouldn't. What's Kenneth going to do with his ultimatum? Give in. No, that's not Kenneth's style. Uh, But we come back to 30 Rock and Pete and Liz are wondering what to do because the show is practically non-existent at this moment. Josh refuses to unquit. Jenna and Tracy are on strike. We have no actors. Now, we could rerun episode 214. No, no, no. That's the one where Tracy tore up that picture of the Pope. In his defense, it was Pope Innocent IV because he increased taxation in the papal states. <clears throat> well, where are your solutions, Liz Lemon? You know, this whole thing is your fault. Why, it's not my fault. Blame Jack or Kenneth or Tracy or Meat Cat because I've had the cheesy blasters for three days. We have no show, Liz. You better hope that strike ends soon. Why? So they can all go back to making my life a living hell? I hope they stay on strike forever. Oh, is this really our first week back? When whatever would be convenient for you. Who are we? And what do we want? What are you still doing here, Kenneth? I made myself clear. Well, sir, now that I know you're a liar, I was wondering if you were lying about canceling the page program. And then I thought, if there were no pages, you'd have to pay somebody real money to do our jobs and give them health insurance. And if you don't even have money to pay our overtime, then you certainly can't afford all that. What do you want? You know what I want, sir. I am a big old liar. The strike is over! What did we get? A piece of paper that I can't really tell you about. Wait. Is this strike just over a personal thing between you and Mr. Donaghy? Massage it, Kenneth.
they're celebrating their life. They actually got something. They still didn't yeah, get anything. Yeah, that's what I... <laughs> I've never... Under, I, I understand for the joke. It's, yeah. They celebrate, but yeah, they didn't actually... As far as I know, they don't well, get their own Because all they really want to do is work as much as possible. Yeah, and, I guess. And but if they're st- they still can't get that money that they're... Yeah. Well, because, I mean, the whole thing with well, they just want. Like, I, I don't want the money. But, well, it's like they just want to do overtime. They don't necessarily want to get paid. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, that's, that's crazy to me. I feel like you should be getting just payment for all of your hard work. Regardless. Well, obviously. Yeah. That's why I've always liked slash disliked the ending is because, yeah, they're celebrating the... Celebrating what? Like, we don't know what... They get to work again. I guess so. Like, yeah. I mean, they showed the boss, but not really. Because it seemed like the boss didn't give in to anything. Um, but there's also... This only works mostly visual. Um, but you see that guy right there? Yes. With the tie next to the Santa? I, I know that guy. That guy's name is Andrew Goldfarb. Uh, he was formerly... Uh, he's worked for a few video game outlets and stuff like that. But he's also was an actor... He's in this episode, and he's in another episode in a couple of episodes, um, but just as a background character. But he's a cool guy. He's what a, a cool fun guy. fact. What a fun fact. See, that's IMDb trivia right there. Wow. I'm going to post sure. that on the interwebs. I don't know if that's any better than any other IMDb trivia. No, if I And actually, who appears in this episode is... I know him personally. Oh, See, that's a trivia. That's good that's, trivia. That's fantastic good trivia. trivia. Anyway. Um, so in a rarity of 30 Rock, we do have a, I guess you would call Cold it- close. Cold clothes. Hot clothes. I would say post-credits scene. Yes. Um, which, so during the credits, there's Jenna's tennis song, which we that will be our outro to take us out for the episode. But uh, Jack and Liz are watching it alongside each other and then also do another, as you mentioned earlier, uh, speak to the camera bit, introducing everyone's favorite talk show host. Ugh, I hate that I kind of like that. Step into the light, Lemon. There's nothing wrong with being fun and popular and just giving people what they want. Ladies and gentlemen, Jay Leno. Remember when Conan replaced Jay Leno and then Jay Leno was really mad about it, so NBC gave him a 10 o'clock show five nights a week that didn't last a season? Nope. And then there was a big bomb. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, we'll we'll get more on that. Um, so over that that happened over the summer of two thousand nine. All of that negotiation stuff. So at this current moment in Thirty Rock's world, that shift has happened where Conan is now working the late night, uh, or was it the late show? It was that's the right, one that Carson had. Carson was the late show that he gave off to Jay Leno because oh, David Letterman yes. thought he was going to get it because yes. he worked more with yep. Carson. So Sorry, Johnny Carson, we should say, because when you first said Carson, I was thinking Carson Daly, who also had an NBC <laughs> late night show. Sorry. No. Anyway. Yes, Johnny Carson, was. Jay Leno, and yeah. Conan O'Brien. And then yeah. Jay Leno again. And then, uh, what's his Is face? Jimmy Fallon. Oh. No, Colbert CBS. Yeah, so over the summer, that all negotiation happened. Conan got the late show, the late night show, and Jay Leno. Uh, Wait, Jay Leno did, did get it back briefly after well, Conan, you did, right? you mentioned that. Right. Uh, no, 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 no. I was saying, because well, like, I remember, because yeah, I was obviously had the 10 o'clock show, and then Conan left, but I was thinking, did Jay Leno come back or did he go straight to Fallon? Anyway, and it's we'll, Fallon We'll, we'll cross it, because there's an episode in later season four called Konani, ah. which is basically the whole Conan, Jenna, Conan and Leno debacle in 30 Rock form. Um, but I feel like we talked about it in we an have. earlier season. We did, yeah. When it was Conan, the episode when Conan, Conan guest started. Yeah. Um, but, um, well, because there was the book that you mentioned. There was, yep. There's, since then, there's been a podcast that I listened to that come out that had really in-depth into what that episode, or what that whole debacle was with Jay Leno and Conan O'Brien. But we'll get there. We got a few weeks. We'll get there eventually. Um, but yeah, that is the season four premiere. Uh, yeah, so that's season four. Um, I, I, I enjoyed this episode. There's a lot of great moments, a lot of funny bits. But considering that it is not continuing anything from season three yet, it's kind of, it's kind of a, a weird episode in that it almost forgets its history in terms of what it was setting up previously and what it's delivering now. Which we're going to circle back to the whole Deal Breakers thing, the Deal Breakers talk show, the Deal Breakers book. But it takes us a couple episodes to get there, which it, it strikes me in the production. Maybe these episodes should have come after those episodes. I'm not sure. I'm not creator or writer or anything 
so I can't judge it too much. But it's just as much as it was the last season was building up something, and then the season opener literally mentions nothing of that. It just seems like a really missed opportunity. But it's still, still a funny episode. Cheesy Blasters is always great. Meat Cat, we'll see Meat Cat in a physical manifestation uh, in this season. So um, there's a lot that comes out of this. It's, yeah. it's really I don't fun. think season premieres necessarily have to pick up right where this That's season has left off. Also, my only other observation is I feel like Tracy has most of the best lines in this episode, but there's also the C plot, which is mostly forgettable. Well, I, well, I guess the, yeah, the plot, the plot line itself is, but in terms of the other, in terms of the lines, that was like the funniest one liners. Yeah. So. Agreed. And also Jenna's blonde woman. Yeah, no. <laughs> it would be a hard. It would be a hard thing to try and determine what would it be like line favorite line of the episode because there's a number of them in this. Uh, I mean, cheesy blasters song is great. The Tracy reacting to Raleigh coming to the into his his dressing room with eek. Who's People that? in Saint Barty lobster like yeah. this. Like that's like there's a lot of great moments in this episode. So. Uh, like you said, a season premiere doesn't actually have to continue anything, um, but it just seems like it seems like a misstep. But still, it's a forgivable misstep, so it's not that big of a deal. I wouldn't even say it's a misstep. Well, that's where you're wrong. Okay. <laughs> all right. Well, as always, thank you for joining us on Go to There. If you like what we're doing, rating and reviewing and all that fun stuff, it's going to be the best way to help us out. And we will see you next time in episode 60 of 30 Rock Into the Crevasse Devin Bakes is back on so ah! I haven't seen him in a while it has been a while I know he was in season 3 but it was early season 3 because it's been a long time uh, David take us out see you next time Versus Christoph Milnyarkovic. Ready to play. In the Barnett Cup semifinal. In the what? Got my lawn chair in my trunk, not an ocean inside. So kiss my ass, New York, cause it's tennis night. <laughs>